Another good one. Um, good evening. Welcome to the After Hours Lounge with myself, Sandy. Um, it's been a while. Hello, everyone. Hope you're all good. Um, I'm not really sure why it's been a while, to be honest. Um, well, I've had a few guests lined up, but um, to be honest, they've all fucking cancelled, which has been quite frustrating. But, I mean, it, it's one of those things where everyone's, you know, doing their own thing and um, I'm not I'm not forcing anyone to come on and do it. You know, it's those of you that have listened to the last ones, it's quite a personal thing. Um, and also it, it's taking time out of people's days as well, um, which I very much appreciate everyone doing. Um, but it's, you know, it's always, always quite frustrating. I really want to talk to people. It's always good fun. Um, however, today... I am in the pod booth, a.k.a. my living room, um, with my very good friend, Mr. Aaron Murphy. Aaron, how are you, mate? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm very good. Um, so I'm with Aaron. Uh, I, I, full disclosure, I'm not going to lie. You know, we've um, Aaron came over about three or four hours ago. We've we've been out. We've had a couple of beers. We've been out for some food. We had a burger. It was good, wasn't it? Oh, you had you had, full rack, you had a full, full rack, rack of ribs. ribs. Bang. My I had, man. I had ribs for lunch. <laughs> you know? Um, so, yeah, no, it, it, it was good. Um yeah, so I'm I'm going to have a bit of a chat to to my friend Aaron today. Um, I've known Aaron for quite a few years. Um, well, we're going to get into it a bit, but I've known Aaron. We were both windsurfing instructors in Greece. Um, but during that time, Aaron was also training to to be a doctor, um, which he is now a doctor um, for the for the NHS in the UK. Um, so he he does that. So we're just going to have a little chat about that. Um, you know what what that's like, how that is looking at mental health within the NHS and mental health being a doctor. Um, all that sort of stuff, and going into it. While we're doing it, of course, we are going to drink a couple of beers. Mm, um, luckily, sponsored by none other than uh, my mum, Susie Jones. Big up, Suze. Boozy Suze. Love you. Um, I have a Geyser Session IPA from Four Pure Brewing Company. Aaron, what you got? I've got a clean water lager. From Brew Gooder. Brew Gooder. Yeah, I think 100% of the profits from uh, the clean water lager Brew Gooder go to clean water in um, developing countries. Excellent. So it's a, it's a good got. beer. So yeah, cheers, mate. Cheers. Here we go. Here nice we go. Song. Boom. You're going to hear the sound of me sipping now. It's not very nice. But the beer is delicious. Oh my God, so fruity. That's good stuff. Um, so yeah, Aaron, I mean, I've, I've told everyone a little bit. Um, so we met, when did we meet? We met 20, 2013 really was when we met, wasn't it? Yeah, I in, think so. In Vass. And that was when you... You were kind of starting your your season life in Vass, weren't you? Yeah, starting my season life. I just, uh, I think I was doing some exams at school or something, and then I came out and to do a season with Nielsen. Is yeah, that right. The yeah, holiday yeah, yeah. company that's got everything, everything very very structured. Yeah, very structured. Yes, it, very structured. It that way. Um, and then you just moved on to the the. I moved down to Club Vass, which Club you Club. you used to go to when you were younger on holiday, didn't you? Yeah, that's it. So probably from about 13, 14, went on four or five holidays with the family at Club Vass and just loved it. Uh, and then frustratingly couldn't get a job there for that year. So I went to Nielsen yeah. to, to basically try and build some experience and enjoy nice. life elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. But it's still good. Same bay, same everything. Same bay, way harder work. Much harder work. <laughs> okay, we, yeah. We've discussed it on previous podcasts, cutting, mm. cutting the grass with a pair of scissors between the decking. I think that. I was ripping grass out with my hands. Oh, were you? You didn't man. even get no a pair of scissors? scissors man. Oh, no mate. Scissors, fuck that. It's gone downhill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, you, you did that, but then a year later, you, the following summer, you came and you came and joined us at, um, at Club Bass and, and you worked there and stuff. But all I remember is, like, I, and we were talking about it earlier, like, you were goofing off just as much as all of us. Yeah. We're all going out and drinking and, and having a good time. But all I remember in the back of my head was like, fuck, Aaron, 
while Aaron's doing this, when he leaves, he's not going to go and live in Dahab and continue doing this and windsurfing. He's mm. he's going and training to be a doctor. And that was, you almost had like two two kind of sides to you, didn't you? So you, you kind of came out to Vass and did that in the summer. Yeah. And then as soon as that finished, what what was that like transitioning from? Yeah, man, I, re- I think it's really weird. I think, to be honest, it's the only thing that kept me going is that I had my like two separate lives. So whilst I was at university working super hard uh, studying to do medicine but then when it got to june time i started to get really excited you know started to be like can't wait to go out to yeah. vasiliki and to see the same group of people yeah yeah having that like a you know really unique experience um with people i haven't seen for a year as yeah, well. yeah, so yeah. much to catch up on and then also just the focus on in vasiliki I'm sure you've talked about it before. It's just the focus is all on progression. I know I've not made loads of that, but just being out on the just water time, with everyone yeah, yeah. and just, yeah, yeah, being out there. It's amazing, amazing yeah. experience. No, I mean, it, yeah, it must, it must be. I remember it being quite a refreshing thing. You know, it's funny for us because for me, I was in that side of, there was kind of two camps of like this Club Vast staff, like half of you or half of us were at university studying things and the other half were just kind of, I don't know, for lack of a better word, and what all the guests called us were just beach bums. Yeah, so yeah. we'd we'd do the season in Vast, we'd go home, we'd work a, a menial job for a couple of months. I worked in a leisure centre, it was sick, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. But I'd do that and then I'd go on to Cape Town for two or three months. And all I had in my head year round pretty much was, I want to get better at windsurfing. I want to learn this move, I want to yeah, do this, I want to, ha- I want to get better at windsurfing, I want to do this. But, you know, there was, like I was saying earlier, there was you... You were studying medicine. There was some of the girls that were studying, I don't know, various other things. Yeah, there was all doing degrees in Edinburgh. Yeah, everyone was doing. Yeah, everyone was doing degrees in Edinburgh. Edinburgh and fucking St Andrews. Everyone was there, and they all thought they were fucking Scottish. By the way, I'm Scottish, even though I don't sound like it. <laughs> I promise I am. Um, so yeah, no, it, I remember it, it. It was a really weird, like, or I imagined it was a really weird juxtaposition for you yeah. of like being you know having two or three months of like oh i'm having the fucking best time I i'm sure you had fun at uni as well yeah, yeah i'm yeah. sure uni was good but it's two completely different lives like did did anyone at uni with you even remotely understand what you were doing in the summer no like, I, I suppose not really really i had i had one mate that that could windsurf he still windsurfs a bit <laughs> now but i think the thing that like that that mixed the two worlds for me was like I actually the first year I applied with Ollie yeah in Club Vass I thought job was all sorted and then I failed an exam and suddenly the dates changed I needed to take a retake later on and everything and I thought my world was crashing down beside me and that's when I went for Nielsen and then later on it all sort of worked out but the next year and this is not really putting a good advert out for myself, but I failed another exam again. <laughs> and I thought... He's a really good doctor, uh, I promise. <laughs> I fucked it again. Yeah, 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 So that's when I bought a van and ended up... I remember you drove out. ...driving to Greece. With your mate? Well, to be honest, mate, I thought I'd messed my job opportunity up like I had the previous year. Yeah, so yeah. I thought, what else am I going to do? Buy a van, drive around Europe, see how you go. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Ollie turned around to me and said, oh, no, you can you can still have a job if you like. And then, so it was like, well, I may as well drive to Greece, which is obviously a really stupid idea. When was it, was it a stupid idea? Well, no, I mean, in terms of, like, in terms of getting there as quickly as you can, plane, planes are... Planes are quicker. Planes are good at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's spending, like, a grand on, like, a old 1997 Mercedes. I remember you, I remember when you rocked up. That it was banger, man. I lo- absolutely... To be honest, it's one of those experiences, like, it was amazing. I'm 
and I wouldn't trade it for anything. But at the time, it's really stupid thing. It's a ball ache. Yeah, it's so yeah. stupid. And you came yeah. out. I remember. You, was it your mate? Was he called Ben? Yeah, yeah, ben, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you came out with him, and he ended up working on the bar as well, didn't he, for a bit? So he was a he's a farmer boy from Norfolk. His dad owns a big big farm and uh, strawberry farm in Norfolk, and he like he ended. So he came out and he's like, I'll just I'll just sleep in the van, mate. No worries. And you know, you're a bit like. Are you going to sleep in my van like for six weeks? Is that, is that yeah? Is that a thing? Uh, and then uh, he ended up like watering the lawn a little bit, and Ollie was like, "Wow, who's this guy? Like watering the lawn, like so green, so luscious." Um, and in, in the end, like ended up giving him a job, and he had the dream job. He had the best job in Vasiliki. He worked from one till three thirty, serving serving lunch. Yeah, yeah. And then free kit and stayed out and bats like and lived in my van. Like, yeah, yeah. Given accommodation but didn't want it. Wanted to no, like sleep in the van. I'll mate. stay beachfront, thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. No, Ben's a Ben's a nice guy. I've been friends with him for years, but he swung a sweet deal. Yeah, uh, mate. Don't know he got got through the system. Yeah. If there's one thing anyone knows about being in at Club Vass or anything, it's if you take care of the lawn, you will be well looked after. Because <laughs> typically the lawn is a fucking state. Sprinkler life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, I was sprinkler manager. Were you sprinkler yeah, manager? Yeah, I never made it. No, oh, mate, I mate it's I not making it. it. It's the worst thing in the world. Yeah, what did I do? I did plant pot manager. That's almost um, as stressful. Binman was busy with all, all, the, all the waste. From <laughs> the bin manager. Yeah, the bin manager, yeah. No, mate, uh, sprinkler manager, it's very frustrating. The, the lawn in Vass takes a real shellacking through the summer. So, yeah, they probably very much appreciated Ben um, Ben, Ben doing that. So you, mm. I mean, you did, you did Vass, I think you, you didn't, you finished in, your last season was 2015, wasn't it? So, yeah, yeah five, I think so. Five I think years I did ago. four or five, I think I did four or five in total. Yeah. You can't call them proper seasons. No, you I only was, ever did peak, didn't you? I was a peak season there, wasn't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did it for the kit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow, you pull that off. Uh, yeah, yeah. It. So um, got some, got some cheap kit. Good value. Good value. Good value. Word. Brand new kit. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, great deal. You want to say you're sponsored? Still, go and work at Club Bass. Yeah, still on it now, and <laughs> I won't let, I won't let it go. It's All going right? strong, I'm not going to let it go. It's going strong. So yeah. you, after you finished that, what, um, what was that then? Were you, did you finish medical school or were you? Yeah, yeah. So I think. Yeah. Um, Basically, I finished my last uh, my last year of um, medical school. Um, I think it was the year before I finished. Actually, right, it was like that's just not going to happen anymore. We started to get something like three week summers, and even that was a bit taken a bit yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> too much. Um, and then, so since then, it's just been full time work. Um, really, and this is obviously you can't take weeks and weeks out. You only get 27 days a year. Um, really, I mean, I do I do all right at the moment, but um, you can't take a season. For example, no, no, so no. I think I think it's there's a point in your life when I think you'll you'll agree with me when you sort of turn with 25, 26, maybe d- different ages, no, for different people, yeah, but yeah, you I'd just feel like um, like yeah, mate, that was great, but I'm done with it. Ready, to, done, ready yeah. to move on, like a different job. That's with, funny actually. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was I was 26 as well when I stopped doing seasons, yeah, and I was yeah. just like, you do just hit a bit of a wall where you're like, it's relentless. Um, it's relentless and it yeah and I, you know you're kind of just like I'm just I quite like the next challenge and I mean I guess that's human nature no matter what you do yeah you know like even we've been chatting earlier on this evening about what you're going through at the moment and you're still yeah at the point where you're like the next challenge the next challenge yeah completely you know so you, you I mean you you know get, keep keep the history going so you you did that and then what's the deal so you I mean I, I know nothing about it so you finish you know you finish 
it's not medical school here, is it? It's like university. Yeah. Or whatever, no, med whatever you call it. Fun, med school, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you finish school. med school, you finish that. What do you do? Did you go straight into a hospital straight away or you... Yeah. All I, all I know basically is from scrubs. Like, I can't remember what they're called, <laughs> but like... It's exactly Interns like scrubs, or... Perfect. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. 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 So you, um, so I, I did five years of medical school. I yeah. did another degree in the middle, which is like a, a research degree, which kind of helps boost the CV and sort of get you above other people you're applying against. Yeah. Uh, and basically, you get given two years. Um, you pick a deanery, which is, I think there's like 20-odd in the whole UK. Right. And what, you know... There's like four around London split up tactically, and then Scotland's one deanery. The no whole way. of Scotland. So you could be fuck? you could be Shetland Islands or you could be Edinburgh. central Edinburgh. Yeah. And so it, that's such a obviously not that's many people apply for that, even Scottish people, because they're so worried about getting pied off in the middle in of nowhere. Orkney, yeah, yeah. So you just rate these deaneries and and basically a test, which fifty percent of how you've done over five years, which I think is fair enough. It, that gives you a score and yeah. then 50% of a test that you can't prepare for in your whole life is just like a, it's like a, it's called a, a judgment test right. and it comes up with all these scenarios like your surgeon comes in boost what are you going to do what do you do? do do you A let him operate no problem mate or do you or do you D stop him operating yeah 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 yell around the theatre it's like a multiple choice and they get, uh, but you have to rate them in the most appropriate to the least appropriate oh god and like fortunately for me I'm, like, I'm not outstanding at medical school but this judgement test came into Aced. my own a little bit no nice. not, not amazing but like certainly bailed myself out of a few holes and that's why so I got a job in Brighton um, so I got Worthing in London actually and I swapped my London job to Brighton so that's why I've had a year in, I've had a year in Worthing, which is a small little hospital where you're really well supported, like beautiful in terms of like your work-life balance and right. stuff. And now I'm in Brighton, which is a bit more hardcore. A bit more intense. A bit more like... Do you know, that's just, is, it, is it just a bigger hospital or... Yeah, so it's just like, I think it's just like with any job, you're a bit more of a number as opposed right. to like someone actually caring about you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in F2, which is called F1 and F2, so F1 was the first year, you are you become this level they call senior house officer, and that's basically, um, that's quite a generic term, so I could go and locum all over the world at that level once yeah. I've done one year, um, and it basically means that people also feel like they can treat you like shit, I suppose, as oh, well. Really? You know, like people, when they refer to you, like, oh, you're you, like a trainee, are you? Are you just the SHO, you know? Oh, and, like, just, like, and just sort of, shit on you a little bit I suppose yeah, yeah. And, and you just you're, you're a bit of a dog's body at that stage you know you're the most junior member of a team that's like vaguely respectable yeah yeah uh, therefore yeah yeah he'll um, you're like the he'll, apprentice he'll swab your throat he'll you know send your poo off tickle your balls microscopy. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> tickle your balls that was my that was, yeah. my, next, that was my next thing that's Sunday. exactly what I did <laughs> exactly yeah yeah so. but I remember you uh, I mean Maybe I've got the timelines wrong, but I swear you—you you told me before. I mean, didn't you? You went off like to exotic places to like do placements and stuff before you stopped in yeah in man. Worthing and, and Brighton as well, didn't you? So what's, is that is that part of medical school or what? Yeah, that's the one. That's one cool thing about medical. school. Not the one cool thing. That's not fair. But, it's all cool. Uh, it's all cool. Um, it's not all cool. But this, you get given this elective, which is like uh, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, yeah, which yeah. is like. Once you finish your finals, 
you can go to pretty much any country and it's voluntary work you're not getting paid but for example I went with a couple of friends went to Papua New Guinea we went to a place in the middle of like it's called New Island Province an island a town right on the end called Kavieng and mate there was like nothing there really so cool we were the the only like white people there yeah yeah I mean they called us masters which is highly inappropriate and we just kept trying to iron it out of them but uh, yeah, oh, anyway, man, we just tried so, so, so hard. It, was, it, was, it made you just feel it's really... It's really jarring, isn't it? It made us feel really awkward. Yeah, actually. mate, yeah, I bet. Yeah. Um, but then we had, like, the, the best time there. Saw some unbelievable stuff. Like, pretty gnarly stuff. There's um, a story about you catching a shark or something, isn't there? Oh, yeah, man, I don't know. You don't need to tell the people story. Aren't gonna, people aren't going to believe it, but basically, sort of, four, four and a bit hours... Uh, out on the water with a hand line, literally just like something you go crabbing with. Yeah, yeah, UK. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> ended up pulling like a little tug on a fish. It was just like all the others. And then it just tugged and went, cut all my hands and stuff. And oh. Anyway, like a couple of hours later, got it to the surface, took ages. I was literally sweating, sweating horribly. All my mates would be like, just let it go. <laughs> uh, and then in this like eight foot tiger shark oh my god of, oh, it was like the same length as our little boat really like yeah yeah and like you know when you're you know you're like you're like what am I seeing but when the fisherman that's fished there for like 25 30 years yeah, is yeah. like fuck I don't know if you know, he's he's panicking like no white boy no white boy injury <laughs> no white boy injury and we're like no nah, let's do this like, <laughs> yeah. and he's like and basically we tried to catch it and it, it, it snapped the line and that's it and you oh, know mate. I got called Sharky Boy for a little bit in the village and after that it's, <laughs> you were I the Sharky all, Boy no fame nothing for Instagram sadly mate uh, doesn't need to be for the Instagram <laughs> in the village you were known as Sharky Boy yeah exactly yeah but like but that was a cool experience oh mate Papua New Guinea was amazing both from like and that sort of non-medical side like the most beautiful place was in, it? in the world like completely untapped sometimes he'd just take us out um, on a boat we'd just pay for the petrol and we'd just go to these islands that are like literally the size of your living room just sand with one palm tree yeah. It's a bit of a joke. No one else is on it. So like, just like an emoji. Like the emoji yeah. island. Yeah, it's the most ridiculous. <laughs> you know, like, this actually exists. Yeah, um, yeah. And we go like spearfishing every Sick. evening. And like, and the stuff that came into hospital was pretty gnarly as yeah, well. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, we saw some Unchecked. Like, machete, not, machete wound. Yeah, so oh. this guy that like came in and he'd, um, he'd basically, he'd attacked um, another guy yeah. who had died for asking out his niece. Oh, really? Because they were different tribes. Yeah, that yeah. That was a problem. And so, and, and the brother of the guy that died had tried to defend him, and they'd both ended up in our ward. We were, like, stitching one up, but our anaesthetic machine had broken. Oh, mate. So we just... I was like, so, like, how are we, like, we going to anaesthetise this guy? They just put him in a K-hole. They just gave him a low care in. No not, way. We didn't have any monitoring at all in terms of his like respiratory rate. Yeah, and everyone yeah. was just sort of like, well, if he dies, he dies. So cowboy. I mean? Like he is, he is a murderer at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's me like stitching up like a, like a scapula, so like a um, shoulder blade, effectively, <clears throat> like the area over a shoulder blade. And I have absolutely no clue what I'm doing, really. But like, oh my god, so no, that's like the second day in Papua New Guinea. But that's like, I guess, it's one of those things that I guess that's that's kind of cool in a way to hear because it's it's like a baptism of fire, isn't it? There's no way, there's no other way to learn that kind of stuff, is there? 
the only way you learn it is by going fuck I've got to put this guy back together yeah yeah do you know what I mean completely and like your opportunity in the UK like if I was given that situation in the UK I'd be nowhere near I'd be standing yeah if I was lucky in the theatre watching consultants and senior registrar so people quite a few years ahead of me doing Doing it whereas the expectation was there was like you've been trained in the UK Come on, you can suture up a couple um, of layers. And in the end, you I I could. You you can do it, but it's just it's not as smooth as No. Do you think do you think that's why why they do that kind of thing? To like make you more prepared for that kind of stuff or to like open your minds a little bit for it? I think I think that's a it's an amazing aspect, elective (laughs) of trading. Completely teaches you so much more that you, you need to know. But at the end of the day, the reason why the people there ask you to help is because they're short on numbers they're yeah, short yeah. on expertise some of them were asking us to interpret chest x-rays um not because not because uh there was no like you know they didn't really know what they were doing but they felt that our education in england would probably be better than that be beneficial yeah, I, yeah. I, you know i'd argue against that in some <clears> points especially in like a lot of like tb cases and stuff they've seen so much but um but they just seem to have that expectation of, oh, like, you know, UK doctor, you can do this, mm. which is so nice. Such a nice opportunity. Yeah, I bet. But, um, must give you, a, like, must give you a lot of confidence. You must have come back from there being like, I feel like, I feel like I'm ready for a lot of shit. Yeah, I feel you like, me- I, mean? I feel like mentally, you're ready for more trauma and stuff. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Which the UK is so gentle at, pres- I bet. Like, you know, exposing. You know, you've got to, a guy coming in, yeah. basically been half hacked apart by a machete. I can't imagine you'll be exposed to that as much no. as like a junior doctor. No, 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 no. Like, I mean, unless you're in one of the central trauma centres in London, most yeah. likely not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, it's few and far between, and you'll be so many steps back because of the people. Exactly, seen, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, You're fighting. fifth, sixth person in the room. Completely, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mate, that's that's mad. That's so cool. I really enjoyed it. Really yeah. appreciate it. Must have been a fucking yeah, cool yeah. experience. Yeah, sick. Uh-huh. Yeah, mate, that's cool. I've never been, I've never, well, I haven't been to anywhere. I don't, if I'm honest, where the, where is Papua New Guinea? So just, uh, it's like just uh, northeast off the coast of Australia, off the top of Australia. Right. And mate, like I, I don't know, just stuff like like their obs and gynae out there. They uh, here we work. What's so, that? What's obs? So obstetrics and gynaecology, so giving birth and vaginas, right. essentially. Yep. <laughs> don't be around the bush. Yeah, no. Um, they um they were like, you know, they don't give pain relief out there because they're trying to teach women to, to use deal with contraception. It. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. It's like you've had eight babies. Stop fucking! <laughs> like, oh god! Yeah, yeah. So they're like, so when I was there, like trying to give some like lidocaine or like give them some morphine or something to help them dihydrocodines get them through labour. They were like, no, no, no. They need to learn a lesson. Oh my Which, god! In the UK, imagine like, oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Just the court do it. Cases against against it. not giving someone analgesia is amazing. But yeah, yeah. That's pretty crazy. Cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool differences, but also you learn so much. You get to do so much. <laughs> Delivered babies and stuff out there, whereas now you're like, even though I'm on an obs and gynae job now, I'm getting nowhere near it, really. Really? Uh, yeah, you do a bit like, you do C-sections and stuff, but mm. like the midwives in the UK. Credit to UK midwives. They fucking do it. Your boss. They smash yeah, it. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, mate. Off. Yeah, yeah. That's mad. And then, so yeah, it must have been, it, was, it, was it a bit of a shock to the system coming back from... From from Papua New Guinea and then going into a, a UK hospital was it sudden? Were you a bit like I'll do this, but then they were like, no, 
you were all right? Or were you, were you quite aware of like the system of like, just yeah. chill out? I th- I th- what you said second, really, you're so aware of how junior you are. Right. When you get into, especially mm. when you start F1, like I remember, so I started my first year, first placement in <clears> Worthing. <throat> yeah. And you honestly, you're asking people about what laxative to prescribe, you know, just really, really basic stuff. Basic that, stuff, yeah, that, yeah. Like, you know. Maybe like the lay person would be like, "That's a reasonable question," but as a doctor, you just need to get on with it. Yeah, yeah. But you're you're just um, you're nervous about everything. You're nervous about making mistake, um, and you will make mistakes as well. And it's just it's one of those things you just need to learn from it and uh, not do it again. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so it's the only way to learn, isn't it? Yeah, completely. Got it. You got to mess it up before you can. Before you can do it right. Yeah, hopefully not too much, but yeah. Well, yeah. Ideally, you don't want to do it at the expense of. Of someone's someone's health, mm. someone's life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. mad. So I mean, what, you know, what? Um, in, you know, obviously, this you know, this podcast whole idea behind it is is sort of that mental health side of it. Um, I mean, you know, do you having? You know, you've obviously seen some pretty horrible shit. I mean, do you do do? It's like PTSD and all that stuff. But I don't know how prevalent that is with doctors and all that stuff. But I mean, do you? Does that do, do you find that stuff hard, or do do any doctors you know find that stuff hard? Or yeah, I like. I, I think it's a, such an important issue to talk about. Is like mental health within junior doctors in the right. UK at the moment. I think like some people are seriously struggling out there, um, and I can completely see why. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. You think like. Um, it is a normal job. I, I don't mean to, to like sit here and say that it needs to be put on a pedestal or anything. But for example, I had like some night shifts quite recently where we had at six in the morning, three nights, we had three emergencies where basically baby was in trouble right. and will still be on ITU now. Might might not have a good What's outcome. ITU? So, uh, sorry, intensive... Uh, care unit right. essentially and for for babies so that's sort of a neonatal intensive care unit yeah so some is when so basically the uterus uh, i don't want to go into too much detail but ruptured so the baby comes out of the the uh, cavity yeah, yeah. that should be and it's just mixing with the bowels oh god so when you go to do a c-section it's... it's just hanging with like your intestines oh man and it was the most like Upset. Well, it's one of the most gnarly things I've seen, and like another one where we couldn't deliver, we had to deliver the baby vaginal breach, and that's bum coming first rather than head. Seems like a small issue, but the physics of it yeah, basically that. means that head gets stuck. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we're like calling for a consultant to come in. Basically, so we had three night shifts where three different things went on: bleeds, um, the rupture, and then this sort of vaginal oh, breach. And my like registrar looked at me at the end of this night shift and was like, "Spoons." Really? <laughs> so we went and had a spoons brunch. Me, him, the anaesthetist, and like a couple of the other doctors are all involved in it. Yeah. And like, I can't say how helpful that was to my debrief and my like. Was this so was this guy health. like your supervisor at the time? Yeah, yeah he's my senior, so right. he's my okay. position, but like sort of uh, three or level, four years older. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. he just sort of was like. He basically said, this. we need to go and talk about this. Yeah, yeah. And we didn't even talk about it that much. No. Nah. But it was the being in the presence of something. Like, it feels weird at 10 o'clock in the morning after being awake for 24 hours um, and being nocturnal, having a beer and a full English breakfast at Spoons. But at the same time, you're talking to those people that were there in yeah. the same moment, saw the same thing that you did. Fucked up shit, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. That you've seen. Um, 
and that just made me like really, really settle about it because the previous couple of nights I hadn't slept in the morning. I'd just gone through straight into the day because I couldn't Fuck. sleep. I was feeling quite anxious about stuff right. and just how um, the next night was going to go. And yeah, obviously yeah. it went shit again. Oh, so nice. you just you just worry about it. Um, yeah, man. I'd, this is that's a, a small example of how how the work can just impact on your your uh, anxiety. Your I mean, I can and, I, and like I can only imagine, but like like what you said, you know, having having. It's not just about, you know, like you, you've been with your, your girlfriend Zoe, you've been with her for a very long time. Haven't yeah, you? long time. You know, time. and you're yeah, very yeah, close yeah. to her and stuff. Mm. I can't, it, it wouldn't have been the same if you'd gone home and spoken to her about it. No, she, but, I mean, she's amazingly supportive and she, I've spoken to her about so many issues. But, but like, I suppose it's, it's the sharing that experience. Some of that, the Neftis at the end of the table, like, absolutely pooing his pants about blood pressure going down of the woman thinking that he's gonna yeah, yeah, yeah. she's gonna decline and um maybe arrest or something and then we're trying to get the baby out as well the worst case is that you lose both patients you know and yeah. i think at one point we were worried about that yeah yeah, yeah. so it's it, you know it's kind of like it's a bit you know going back to like you know world war one and world war two like you you're literally you're you're in the trenches with this guy yeah, and you come out of yeah, it, yeah, yeah, and you I do. So. You have that sense of like camaraderie with them. You know, it's but, like the band of brothers thing. You know, you're you're kind of in it together. So when it finishes, you don't really want to leave that person. Yeah. And as you said, you I guess you don't even need to talk about it, do you? But just sitting there and just the having presence. having a beer and doing something normal. Yeah, that's doing what it something is. normal, normalizing the activity. Exactly, mate. Yeah, and yeah. I guess it it just completely like decompresses the whole vibe. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because you suddenly, when I mean, I don't know, mate, because I've never been through anything like that, you know. Mm. But I mean, I guess if you're if you're there and and you suddenly see that person in a normal situation, you know, they're yeah. at the bar ordering a pint, or they're sitting across from you and you know eating a bacon sandwich and having a drink and stuff, you're probably like, oh, actually, we're we've done this. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're just yeah, sitting yeah. here and we're we're being humans again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I it. It was it was the best thing for it, and I, I've had night shifts where, or other shifts, in fact, it doesn't have to be nights where you've had properly shitty ones, and yeah, you come yeah. home and there hasn't been someone there that was there, yeah, and you end up just like sulking and being yeah. this horrible like, just, teenager of yourself. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how to describe it. You just end up being very very moody, but actually, it's not because you're being moody; it's because you're actually inwardly upset. Yeah, um, and you've got no, you've got nothing to like vent it out. Yeah, you've got no, you end up. You end up being like SpongeBob. You do, you like you're you just soak it all up completely, and it's yeah, all yeah. just in you. Yeah, and it just and you you know, like especially if you're on a night shift, I imagine it's, you can't fucking sleep. No, it's, sometimes you can. Sometimes you get quite a lot of sleep. Sometimes I don't know if you yeah. there's a few like medical books on night shifts and stuff. You do get sometimes you get some sleep, but like sometimes it's relentless. The, just, this three yeah. nights and just no sleep at all. You just bang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're like mentally exhausted as well. Exactly. It's like giving you bad news when you're exhausted. You're probably going to cry. It's always worse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, mate, it's hard. And do you, do you find like, do, like you, you know, you said it a bit there. Do you, do you find like you and other doctors and stuff, do you guys like talk about this at all? I think we like, I think we exchange stories. Right. Um, and we talk about like, like horror story, you know, classic. That oh, kind of yeah, story. horror story. Yeah, so you have your horror stories where it's funny and, and this and that. And obviously 
hopefully not at anyone's expense, but um, you have those. And then you also have the ones where you talk about your your your, your mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The things you wish you'd done slightly different. Uh-huh. Um, I think that's important because, you know, <coughs> you talk about the mistake you made and then I might not make that mistake yeah, as well. Yeah, so yeah. it sort of doubles share, the Sharing information in a, in a sense, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's just it's just really important. But with doctors at the moment, there's like this this huge emphasis on um, uh, I don't know when you go into medical school. There's this huge emphasis on being resilient, being like you can bounce back from everything like that. Yeah, but no yeah, one yeah. actually gives you the equipment to deal with it. Yeah, so yeah. actually, what do you do when you have that? So I I didn't really know what to do when I had that first difficult shift. Mm. Um, luckily I had very supportive colleagues that sort of prompted the, are you all right? How's it going? Yeah, yeah. And then you're fine from there. But in medical school, it's like, you need to be resilient. You need to bounce back. Shit's going to happen. Get over it. And actually that's not at all the way you should deal with it. Like, and that can make you quite, um, quite a sort of stoic. Yeah. Well, it can make you quite an anxious person as well. And it make you quite, um, dwell on your mistakes because you worry about well, if I'd have done that and that I get home like a few times and every doctor will have done this you call the hospital mm. you ask for the on-call doctor and you say will you just check these bloods just to check you've... that just to check that I saw what I saw yeah 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 because if not you second guess yourself yeah yeah you second guess yourself and that's just a, like a not a healthy no, just, attitude no no mate but but yeah yeah because then know. that just that just picks at you the yeah. whole time doesn't you'll it? wake up in the middle of the night and you're like what's that Fuck. scam result yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, yeah, that's not what you want. That's odd. I mean, I thought I'd have I'd have thought they'd be at the forefront of like or you guys would be at the forefront of progression in terms of chatting about this stuff and mm. not necessarily this stuff as in like you guys yeah. looking after patients, but just like mental health in general of just like cuz you you guys are the ones looking after other people. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of like if anyone needs to be in their best state of mind, it's you guys. I completely agree. So you'd, you'd kind of think that you guys would be at the top of that pyramid. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. but at the same time, and this is could be me like chatting absolute shit. But you looking at it from the other side, you guys are also under the most fucking stress. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think you just end up focusing on. You're more worried about the patient in front of you than you are yourself. Yeah, especially within within your hours. You so know, you just, I don't think about myself at all within my hours. I'm like, you know, I might not pee in twelve hours. I might not eat. I might not drink. In is that purely? Is that purely because? Um, and this is not me saying, "Oh, look at you! You're trying to be selfless and all this stuff." But like, yeah. is that purely from a point of view of you are so busy you don't have time for that, or is it because your mind just goes to another place? No, I, I think I think it's the first one. I think it's you you don't have time for it. Really? It, it, on busy shit, it completely depends. First of all, it completely depends to what job you're doing. I've had jobs where I've been very well supported and you do have time to pee, eat, and I'm very well supported. So it's worth saying that. But in other jobs, you literally will be like, you haven't peed, you haven't yeah, eaten, yeah, yeah. you haven't even had a chance to drink water. Yeah, yeah. Your lunch and your dinner is still in the fridge. And yeah, yeah. you're like, hey, and you're rushing. On it all. Yeah, you're yeah. rushing around you the unit. Take both Tupperware home again. Oh, mate. It's depressing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But that's yeah. just, that's just the, you know, that's, I mean, that that's part of the game in any way. You know, you get pe- people that work in a warehouse, people that work 
in a windsurf centre, people that work exactly. in an office, everything, they'll have days like that as well, exactly, where completely. where suddenly, oh, I, I don't have time to go and get my lunch, I don't have time to do this, I've got calls to make, I've got all this stuff to do. Yeah. So I guess you must have days like that. I mean, do you ever get days where it's like quiet, yeah. and you're pretty chilled, and there's not much going on, yeah, and you've just got, you've got the regulars that are in their beds already, but there's not really anyone new coming in. Yeah. Is that a thing? Does that happen? Yeah, I've had like night shifts where I've watched <clears throat> a movie or two. Oh, really? For sure, yeah, yeah. Like, um, it's, it's worth saying that to give people a real perspective. Like, well, that, I mean, that's what the... Chats about the... Well, that's what the idea of this podcast is. I mean, you know, I want to chat to as many people from as many different points of view, and I think that's why yours yeah. is so interesting, because I think, especially, you know, in the UK with things like the NHS and stuff, we you so rarely get an insight into... You get so many rumours about... Oh, man, about being yeah. a doctor in the UK and all this stuff. So it's actually oh, really yeah. interesting to to hear that sometimes actually you can just you do get to sit and just watch a movie and Yeah, and do you know what? This is one of my things I get hung up on actually, is like doctors, especially in the UK, it's probably yeah. a pretty controversial view, is they like to moan as well. Right. Like it's a big, you know, the whole junior doctor thing that's gone on is a really well talked about issue. I completely agree with the junior doctors on that front. But people like to fundamentally moan about having to do work. Yeah, of course. Not getting paid enough. But we knew we weren't going to get paid that when you started training. When you training decided to become a junior doctor. As well. so or I, a doctor. I, I completely agree with safe working hours, providing the best um, patient care that we can. Yeah. But don't moan about the job you signed up for. Yeah. I'm not moaning about that. I like no. There are some downsides to it. I'm happy to talk about those. But at the same time, you signed up for it. You're meant to be... Um, you know, be able to treat people at the most vulnerable. It's an absolute privilege to find out about some of the the health problems, some of the things that people don't want to talk to you about in terms of their history, their mental health history, things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. They really don't want to tell anyone about it, yet they turn up to A&E and they tell a stranger it. Yeah, yeah. What a privilege that they is. Completely, they completely, fundamentally, over everything else, just trust you. Yeah, exactly. And what a privilege that is. Yeah, And, and uh, I think... I, I've, I think it's amazing, and I think um, I think we don't take that part for granted. But I think we do take the part for granted where we just think, um, oh, because I'm a doctor, therefore I, I shouldn't I shouldn't be working these hours or that. No, you did sign up to hard hours. You yeah, did yeah. sign up to a hard job. So you knew please, what you were doing. please don't moan about it. Small bugbear of mine. No, mate, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So did I mean was was that one of the reasons why you? Decided you wanted to become a doctor? Did you like that idea of like, do you? Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I know your mum and dad, but I, I know your yeah. dad's not. But is your your mum's not a doctor, is she? No, no. Mum was a mum was a teacher. She right. was a head teacher. So what do you? Wh- why did you? Why did you choose to become a doctor? <laughs> I don't know. I, people ask people ask you that, and it's like, um, for me, I think I was good at science and maths at school. Right. I was I was very lucky that I had a very supportive upbringing. Yeah. And I, I had the opportunity. I don't think if I had a less supportive upbringing, I would have applied to medicine at all. So yeah. I'm grateful for that. Um, but I just thought, I think I just thought it's a good career. I want to constantly be pushed in terms of like challenged every day in yeah, terms yeah. of like, what is this? What is that? And I just thought if I could qualify as a doctor, mm. that would be a good outcome for me in the first place. So I just saw that five year goal and thought, Let's do it. That's probably for me. Let's fucking yeah, do yeah. it. Yeah, mate. It's cool as well. It's a cool job. I think it's quite fun. You get to like... I don't want to work in an office, sit at a desk, 
And like, I know that will appeal to some people. Some people are really good at that. But I'm quite a practical person. I like mm. to be up on my feet, get shit done, bang. But I mean, you know, everyone's different and stuff. And I think you know, it's, yeah. it's it's just one of those things. Like you know, for me, I'm kind of the same. I don't really like. I couldn't imagine really working in an office, but at the same time, I couldn't be a doctor. But like, as you said, like at, at school, I was like the opposite to you by the sounds of it. Like science and maths were like my out the window, couldn't fucking oh, do really, them at yeah. all. Mate, my mum, I had a maths tutor. <laughs> I had a maths tutor for like two or three years, and I went every month, every Monday and Wednesday night. I used to have to go to this maths tutor, and I went and did it, and it was fine. I did it, and I passed my exams, and I was like, boom, I've done it. Yeah. And yeah. mum was like, nice. that's exactly why I did it. You've done it. I got a B. And I was like, cool, Sorry. done. You know, but. For me, it was like like English and like art and that stuff was I like could, I couldn't my do it. mate. I couldn't do art. I, like, yeah. I couldn't even get a pass. You were like I couldn't get a pass in art. My English <clears> was quite poor. It still is quite poor. I'm from Norfolk anyway. Um, <laughs> from Scotland, <laughs> but, <isn't it? laughs> exactly, exactly. Both both written and spoken. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Just those creative aspects. Happy to admit, hold Passed my hands by up, you. But I'm shy to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shine. No, it's yeah. funny. Um, guys, we'll be back in one sec. I'm going to get another beer. Bye. Boom. And we are back in. Uh, we have a couple more beers. Uh, I have, again, from the Four Pure Brewing Company, I have the Monument Valley Tangerine Pale. And it's a really nice can as well. It's got a little, what would you call them? It's like, is it Australian or is it Sunshine American? Sunshine Coast vibe. It's like, yeah, on. Sunshine Coast kind of vibes, red can, real nice. Mm. Four Pure Brewing Company, if you're listening. Send me some beers. I'm thirsty. <laughs> and here we go. Oh, Aaron, what you got, mate? I've got uh, the Wild Beer Company, I think that is. Uh, Eagle Hunter. It's kind of like a hunter. Eagle Hunter. Cheers, bro. Gorgeous can. Yeah, mate. Mm. Such nice cans. Both um, pale ale, citrusy pale ales. What have you got? Mine's a tangerine pale, it's mm. called. Oh, that's so good. Lovely. Good Lord. That is delicious. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, I can only imagine how how important mental health is. I mean, do, do you know you you guys as doctors, you know, you said you guys you know talk amongst yourselves and all that stuff. Is there is there necessarily like a specific service on offer for you guys, or is it very much the same as civilians in in quotes? There, you know, is it? Yeah. Do you guys kind of have to go and see the doctor as well, or what? What's the deal? Uh, so I think there are there, there's a move to it now certainly and I, I like tried to put some stuff on last year when I was at Worthing Hospital of basically more awareness for junior doctors right. and an easier point of contact because I think um, actually talking to someone that already knows your environment already knows that you uh, you are a doctor in the sense that not trying to separate from anyone else with any mental health problems, but they already know that perhaps your mental health might be um, influenced by the work that you do. It's mm. quite a useful tool. So mm. there are services out there. I don't, to be honest, I don't know what they are, which is probably testament to them not being um, present enough. I guess um, so. But yeah, it's, it's sort of like a, within, I think it's a push within junior doctors themselves, organising it themselves. Um, and there's usually a system there but if not it is and I would urge other doctors as well go and see a doctor yourself it's, it's amazing yeah. isn't it well even even you know like it's no I mean I hope I hope you're not annoyed with me for saying this but like no. we, we just paused this and went for a beer and the minute we stopped you said oh this is nice chatting yeah. about this yeah, you were yeah. like this is this is nice 
no, it's, no, it's, you know, it's therapeutic. Well, yeah, yeah it's yeah. therapeutic, yeah, and it's, yeah, and, but you know, and it's, and I'm, uh, and this is not me bigging myself up. Please don't take it that way. And it's not me going, no, I'm a fucking, you're a therapist. I'm a Sandy. therapist. <laughs> yeah, I'm a therapist. I'm going to start charging you seventy five pounds an hour to listen to me chat shit. <laughs> you know that that's not, and that's not taking anything away from therapists. Fuck, it's so easy to offend people. Like, <laughs> I don't think you are. <clears throat> I don't think I am either. But you know, it, it, it's not that at all. But I'm such a massive believer of just just talking about it a little bit. Yeah. And you don't need to open up and tell a whole story and do a whole narrative on how you felt and how you grew up and all this stuff. Yeah. Literally, just just like talk about yourself a little bit. Everybody, intrinsically, everyone likes talking about themselves. Of course, yeah. Everyone likes doing it. Yeah. You know? And I think just letting, giving someone the space to just do that a little bit and just kind of say it's not like bigging yourself up but just talking about yourself a little bit and why you're struggling and all this like even i know it's like you know the last you know last couple of weeks those of you that listen to this a little bit you know you know i've i recently changed careers and i'm now pursuing a career a career um you know working for myself I, i do sort of freelance work and things like that and occasionally i do have the you know the odd quiet few days and things like that and this week i had a couple of quiet days and i was really fucking frustrated and i'm like it's all so quiet and it's all going wrong and, blah, blah, blah. and I just delved into my own head. Yeah. And as soon as I spoke to someone about it and voiced all the stuff that was in me, like I spoke to Heidi, my girlfriend, or I spoke to my mom or some, someone, I just spoke to them. Literally, I got off the phone and I was like, I feel better now. I feel better. And it is something simple as just chatting to someone for like 20 minutes. And for me, I found the easiest way of doing that it is this you sit and and you drink a couple of beers yeah and you just chat shit yeah i mean it's been and and this is not necessarily me going it's really worked for you because no you know, I, from what from I what we said very enjoyable. from yeah, what we yeah. said from what we said and stuff like it's not necessarily like you you need this therapeutic stuff and all this but it's just i just think it's a it's a great way of getting stuff out there it's just just talking yeah just really. literally getting it from inside you yeah out and just putting it in the world mm. and you never know who's listening as well i mean i hope you know hopefully there's a couple of doctors listening to this there's a couple of yeah doctors, amazing you know, yeah of, you know junior, or junior doctors how how long are you considered a junior doctor for then um i think uh, this is a like a really big misconception right. essentially you are a junior doctor until <laughs> you are a consultant okay so your um your doctor that's been he's been training for he or she's been training for 11 years or something. Yeah. They're a medical registrar. So, sorry, the levels go, you're an F1. Right. And then you're an F2. That's where I am now. Yeah. And in your F2, you're an SHO. And that covers a broad period of about four years, perhaps. After that, you're a registrar. Yeah. And after that, you're a consultant. The registrar period is often, um, it can be between four and seven years. So you're talking, you're like people that are like, Exactly. People are like 45 years old, they've got kids, they've got a mortgage or something like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. and they're considered a junior doctor. Oh, really? And they are bosses. Like, honestly, hats off to any med regs or any registrars at all, actually. Yeah. You know, they, at night time, there are no consultants on the hospital. <clears throat> Generally speaking, some really? consultants will be there. It's ran by these people yeah. that are... Still um, considered junior um, doctors. Yeah, considered junior doctors, but they're unbelievable, mate. So really? You call them up and you're like, 
I am absolutely screwed for ideas here. I've yeah, tried yeah. this. I've tried X, Y, and Z. This is the situation. This is that and that. And they'll say, have you tried thinking about this? And you're like, nope. no, that's unbelievable. Nice and you do one. it and it just... Yeah, yeah. or sometimes it's even the obvious thing that because you've been panicking, you've yeah, forgotten yeah, yeah. about... You know, it's not always genius, but they are... Your brain goes to another place. And there's essentially this... this you have a, a surgical reg on at night, you have a medical reg on to, at night, and then you have all the, the specialties. But if you call anyone about a patient and you're asking for an opinion, you know, you ring the med reg. It all comes to this one person, probably in their late 20s, 30s or 40s, yeah. and they answer all your questions. And that's, you know, that's the end. Because at night time, you can't call a, a specialty. Most of them are asleep. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you just basically call this person, they give you advice in order to get you through to the morning. And that's just so hardcore. I have ultimate respect for them. I always wanted to be a med reg and now I feel like probably not gonna happen. But anyway. Why is that? Just because uh I don't I don't know. I think maybe career path and probably going a slightly different way. Maybe anesthetics or surgery. But um, and does that, that that means you become because I guess are they more like general doctors and then you, you're gonna follow like uh yeah, so they're general medicine doctors, right. and then maybe if so, if, so for example, if you go anaesthetics, path. you go down anaesthetics trainee, and then if ah. you go surgery, you, you become surgical registrar, consultant, etc. Nice. You know, various specialties, <clears throat> but anyway, just huge respect for these like um, nocturnal beings of all knowledge <laughs> that just you call them at four in the morning and they just tell you you're being an idiot and chill out or, yeah, or yeah, they yeah. give you a genius solution to your like problem you've been struggling with for four hours alright so, that's wild yeah, yeah so that's cool nice mm. um, so moving on let's let's talk about the elephant in the room mm. uh, or currently the elephant in the room and it'd be interesting to hear what you think about it um, <laughs> it's named after a, a you know a certain beer Oh, a certain ice cold refreshment. A certain ice cold refreshment. It's not cold, it's like an ice cold Iris. refreshment <laughs> served with lime. Oh, okay, fine. Um, yeah, talk to me about it. You, you know, you you put you know a fuckload more about it than probably anybody listening to this podcast, mm. myself included. Um, tell me about coronavirus. So coronavirus. Should uh, we worry about it? Should we go and buy all the toilet roll in the shop? Mm. Should we not give a shit? Mm. Should we be anxious about it? Because I've I won't lie, mate. I've I've read loads of conflicting reports, all this stuff. Yeah. I've gone from being I work from home, so I'm not too worried about it. And all these people go, <laughs> You're in I've self been isolation, self- Andy. I'm, I'm, I'm in self-isolation anyway. <laughs> um but also my girlfriend is a school teacher, so very much Ooh. not in self-isolation. No. So I'm kind of like, is this something I need to be worried about? But then I'm like, as a 28-year-old who, in my opinion, is in you know, relatively good shape. Yeah. Probably quite 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 a good level of fitness. Huh. <laughs> if I say so myself, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm like, is this something I need to be worried about? And from what I've read, prob- probably not. Yeah. Um, you know, I might get ill and be in bed for a few days and have to watch fucking Clone Wars for a few days, but <laughs> which I don't mind. But <laughs> but you know, other than that, I mean, you know, what 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 is your opinion on it? And and should should people be anxious and 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 funny about it? So. First of all, if you address, you, you spoke about your girlfriend being a school teacher, um, children have had, a, um, we're actually really surprised about how little they've been yeah, affected yeah, by yeah. coronavirus. They're that. not picking it up yeah. generally, and they're not being affected by it so Weird, heavily, which is quite amazing because most flus, 
as you know, between sort of November and February, March, um, paediatric admissions to hospital yeah. for viral illnesses go through the roof. Really? And lots of them are flu. So right. very similar to coronavirus yeah. in terms of um, the pathogen. So in terms of your, your girl, I mean, children are still more likely to transmit infections anyway, so maybe... Yeah, your girlfriend would be is that, slightly, is that slightly really, higher risk is that than the they, average population. Is uh, that because they cough weirdly? They cough with their hands by their sides and they go... <clears throat> they're just rude. That's yeah, they're what rude they are. little <laughs> bastards, aren't rude they? Rude bastards that yeah, haven't yeah. been properly. Yeah. Um, and then if you speak about the death... So this is not an up-to-date stat at all, but um, when I last checked, only five people under the age of 30 had been uh, had died from coronavirus, which... Worldwide? Worldwide. Mm. That was when I last checked. Probably out of date. Someone don't quote me on that. It's probably wrong. It is wrong now, um, I assume. But um, I think it goes to show that that compared to the proportion of people that are infected and to the people that have died is a very, very small amount. So this is um, uh, an infective virus that is mostly fatally affecting uh, the elderly population elderly and infirm people exactly exactly that's that's the people that will have the most impact on and that that reassures some people but it doesn't reassure other people understandably i think it's just it's important to not panic in this situation and the reason why i say that is because panicking has never helped anyone no i think if you keep a, a a cool sort of calm collected vibe about this sort of thing um, and you think and you take the the government's advice on whether your child should go to school or not they wouldn't shut the schools um before they were needed to for example so yeah yeah credit to italy making that big call um to do that um i think flying to countries where there's a high incidence is um probably not a sensible idea i think it's it's sensible to do that i think buying masks off ebay yeah, is a stupid idea. <laughs> and I'll tell you why it's a stupid idea. Because yeah, yeah. I've been fit tested, so that's basically fitted for a mask in a hospital. And the idea of that is to um, swab people that have potentially got it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, I have a beard, so it doesn't work anyway. But still, you need to have a mask fitted by a professional that that gets you to do sort of eight movements or whatever. So you buying a mask off eBay and tying it around your head so you can't see out of your eyes and whatever is not going to stop it. Really? It's just it's just a bit of a silly a silly thing to do. And I guess that kind of thing as well. Like, you know, uh, me and Heidi, me and my girlfriend, we we went to Barcelona two just over 2 weeks ago. Yeah. And we went for 2 or 3 days. And I was actually, you know, we were in the airport and there was quite a few people in masks. Yeah. But not as many as I thought. But still, whenever you kind of see a load of people in masks. You get anxious, eh? Yeah. Yeah, you get a bit like, oh, fuck, should I be wearing one of those? I told someone, I, I, I sort of informed someone that their mask was a stupid idea the other day in the airport. Um, just because they had it very poorly fitted. Mm. Um, and it was just like a respirator mask for like spraying paint or something. Yeah. I just think um, you need to know the facts. You need to know, is the area going into high incidence? You know you need to be, actually you need to be exposed in a room with someone for 15 minutes. To is, get it. Is the, in order to get it. Oh, really? That's the that's the thing. And there's there's advice as well. If you're worried about coronavirus, then take the general advice of washing your hands. Apparently you're meant to do it for... 
will wash your hands for singing happy birthday twice over. Fucking hell. I don't know who's got... That's a lot of hand washing, mate. I don't know who's got that much time. I don't know who's got that much time. I just think wash your hands. Just, just, just wash, wash your hands normally. Quite frequently, it's fine. Yeah. Um, and then just don't cough and splutter everyone over everyone. And yeah. be sensible. If you do think you have flu-like symptoms, please do not attend a hospital. Please ring 111 first. Please fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. that was I handy. said it. I said yeah. it. Don't um, fucking go to the hospital. Yeah, ring 111 first and get their advice. That's yeah. Nice, mate. That's mm. good to get it from a professional. I wouldn't say professional. I just... Well, I, I, think I would. You're you a doctor, of, yeah. mate. You're, you're a fucking doctor, <laughs> I mean, mate. Yeah, yeah. There's not many more professionals than you. Yeah, but you just, just please don't... There's a lot of media hype right now. The, the, the fact is that the children, and, uh, elderly and the, <clears throat> the normal age population die from viruses, influenza, like that, every day. Why is why is this such a big deal? Because it's a new virus. Um, why and do it's you gained think? such big publicity, and it's being blown up by the media. I I strongly believe that this is partly a disease of the media, and that it's being blown up in yeah. such a big way. That it, you know, people are posting all over social media. People are still dying more frequently from starvation than from other causes of death. Yeah, yeah. Yet we are more people dying because more... there's this new coronavirus, yeah. and like. I mean, there's shifts going out in the hospital I work in offering you £80 an hour to swab people's throats and things like that. It's just mental. It's absolutely mental. The panic is rife and we all just need to calm down, consider the facts, and um, if you're worried about it, take the precautions and only do what you think you should do in terms of travel. Yeah, don't, yeah. don't fly everywhere if you think, yeah. if you're worried about just it. Just take a minute. Don't go and hang in Wuhan. Probably, <laughs> probably don't cool. do that. Yeah, or, no. or Italy. Or Italy. Or Italy. Uh, Northern Italy is not good. No, don't go there. It's, I mean, it's one of those things, you know, I, I mean, I do that. I mean, I'm not like you. I'm, I'm completely on the other side of the curtain. I'm with the consumers, mm. you know, and, um, you know, I see it, or consumers of the media and I, and I see it on that. And, you know, I re- I've been, it's funny how it's suddenly turned. I mean, obviously I work in social media, so I yeah. keep an eye on that more than anything. Of course, yeah. and, I, and I've seen suddenly on that, there has in the last week been a turn from people being worried about it to suddenly people going, I'm fed up of this shit. It's not a problem. Stop buying all the toilet roll. Stop doing this. Masks don't work. Um, Stop fucking flying everywhere. (laughs) Just calm down for a couple of weeks. You don't need to go on holiday. Yeah. You know, and there's just a lot of funny memes going out about it. Yeah. The meme, like the, game meme, is the meme game much. is high. The meme game is high at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's, it's, making me, it's making me laugh a lot. You know, all this stuff. And, and I read, you know, there was an interesting thing as well. There was like a, a thing about, you know, how it, X amount more people a year are killed by this, X amount more people a year yeah. are killed by this. And one of them was like 28 times more people in the UK die from suicide than from thingy. Yeah. And, you know, that, I found that quite interesting. And then I found the whole, like, if people are believing this and freaking out, but people don't believe in climate change, then what are they, well, you know, you know all this stuff. And, I mean, it's... Yeah. It, what it, a valid point that is. That's a valid point. Oh, yeah. you know, the world is literally going to end in 30 years. But people yeah. are like, no, it's not. No, but but then they're like, oh, you, might, you might get the flu and die. Yeah. And people are like, oh, fuck, we need to fill the house with toilet roll and tins of baked beans and packets of paracetamol. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, man. And it's, 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 such, it's such a weird thing. And, I mean, you know, 
I mean, the suicide thing, I maybe you know a little bit more attached to because I'm obviously very passionate about the whole mental health thing, yeah, um, and that side of it. And I do think that that is probably far more of an epidemic um, in my eyes in the UK than than this coronavirus is. Um, it, it and is I'm, an epidemic, and unfortunately, it's one of yeah. those things that there isn't a vaccine for either. Um, I mean, do you have you, have you? And you don't need to answer this, and if you don't want to, then that's fine. But I mean, have you have you had? Do you have any? interaction with stuff like that yeah um all the time in, yeah. in terms of are you, are you talking about from my own my own mental health or talking about uh, to patients uh patients first patients yeah so um all the time is the answer really uh yeah yeah so so frequently and so frequently do you speak to someone about a problem uh and it's a superficial thing so they're saying i'm having problems uh you know, I've got some pain down here or something like that, and then you talk to them about the pain, you explore it from sort of your scientific point of view, and then you're starting to think about diagnoses and things, uh, and then you ask a general question or something like that, and they'll say, oh, well, I've been quite stressed about this lately. And next thing you know, um, you've got you've got a history of someone under like great stress and under great upset, and then you're you're starting to see why they've come to see a doctor. And it's not about their abdominal pain. It's because they want to come talk to you. They want an excuse to come and talk to someone because they don't feel like they could say, I'd like to make an appointment with my doctor because I need to talk to them about my mental health. Mm. They, you know, they want, they say, I need to talk about my abdominal pain. And their abdominal pain is actually, sometimes obviously there is something behind it. I'm not saying that, but quite a few times you see that actually there's an underlying issue um, and they're under great stress at the moment. Perhaps something as bad as domestic violence, something like that comes out from literally someone saying, I've got abdominal pain. And yeah, the yeah. next thing you know, you're hearing the most horrific story. Yeah. I won't go into details to... No, of course not. No, 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 no. Confidentiality, but you're hearing the details about someone that is going for something unimaginable. And yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. oh my goodness, why couldn't... You just come to me with that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, and all the time, GPs, hats off to all GPs out there. Um, you address an issue and it's absolutely not the issue and all the time mental health is out there and you guys have to triage who are the people that I'm worried about in yeah. terms of self-harm. And, to, and, and, and they can't say people that they're worried about, you know, they're just a bit lower mood. They can't triage, they can't, get those people more immediate help. They can try and they can refer on, yeah, yeah. but they have to actually differentiate between the people they think are going to harm themselves or others near them and those that aren't. And they yeah. have to send those home. And It's um, so difficult, isn't it? Because, it, you know, it, it's not... Job. And I've, I've said this, again, I've said this in, in, in previous podcasts and stuff, like it's, yeah. it's not the kind of thing... And I, I, I really worried after I did my last podcast, I really worried that I came across like I badmouthed the NHS, which I really didn't mean to do. But I talked about my own experiences of going to see someone and talking to them. And they kind of just, I kind of just got given a leaflet and they were like, mm. just call this if you feel shit again. And they recommend, oh, do CBT and all this stuff. And I was like, well, I already do that and, and all this. And it, it that wasn't what I meant. What I think what you just summed up perfectly. I think they basically viewed me and they went, He's not self-harming and low stuff. Low risk. It, it's low risk. Yeah. You know? And I guess from the other side of it, if I actually look at it from your side of... Yeah. They have must, there's an influx of all these people and they have to go, 
low risk, low risk, low risk, high risk, high risk, high risk, high risk. So yeah. these high risk guys are the people that we need to admit or you know. And whereas for me, they go, well, yeah, he's he's not having a good time, but he's also low risk. He's not about to go home and do something terrible to himself, you yeah. know. So they kind of go, and and I said it, and and I mean maybe you can answer this for me, but I feel like there isn't much more they can do. No. It is, unfortunately, it, to me, it feels like one of those things that you, not you kind of have to work out by yourself, but to a certain extent you do. Yeah. You, you you have to go and talk to friends or, or you have to hate like the thing of like, oh, you've got to figure your own shit out. There's yeah. nothing you ever should, but sometimes... To be honest, I've, from my experience and in the last 18 months, I've been through the, the worst my mental health has ever been to now, potentially, I wouldn't say the best because I feel like when you're younger, it's better than, <laughs> you know, you don't have as much to worry about. Yeah, but like yeah. in my proper adult life, potentially the best it's been cool. or the most aware it's been. Good. But, you know, it, d- during that time, I feel like the best thing I did was actually talking to people that in, in my own life in my personal life, rather than talking to a professional. And that's completely personal, and that might be completely different to other people's experience. But I think, I don't, I don't know whether what you think about that, or, you know, is that is that kind of the way that it's looked at a little bit, of it's of not just take this leaflet and, yeah. and phone this number if you're having a problem, we'll see, we'll see you again. Because you know, to me, that just felt a little bit clinical. And I was like, to, it doesn't feel like a clinical problem sometimes, does it? I don't know if clinical is the right word, but do, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like... I, I, do, I, 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 I completely know what you mean. I think the best way of thinking about someone with, for example, if you take depression as part of uh, mental health yeah. illness, um, it's actually an imbalance of the chemicals in the brain. Yeah. Okay, so it, that's why it's good to think about it from a scientific point of view. Um, but you were if you went away from that consultation in my eyes you were failed and i'm not saying that you were failed by um by that specific doctor yeah but maybe the system didn't allow for you to be appropriately referred on although you're low risk in terms of self-harming yourself it isn't a binary thing it isn't yeah it isn't that or isn't that you actually you still needed to be followed up by in my personal opinion you needed to be followed up by someone Mm. um and you needed to have um a future plan of right okay so shall we think about the things that you enjoy at the moment shall we think about the things that um you're going to do within the next week that you're going to enjoy and then can i also book you in for another appointment so that we can talk about how the next week's gone and how we can progress from there and perhaps we could make a plan about how to go forward from there X, Y, Z, until the time when you get a referral from a specialist. Yeah, yeah. And it's no discredit to um, any doctor that you saw um, because the problem is the system and the funding, and this isn't just mental health, doesn't allow for appropriate referrals. Yeah. You should have been uh, referred to someone that you wanted to talk to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, it'd be really nice to do it, but because you were felt to be low risk and the uh and the 
all the funding and everything else wasn't there, you you basically got left to sort out on your own, and thank God you did. Because, I mean, that was that that was kind of yeah. the vibe I got, but I didn't. And again, this is for me being worried about offending people. I guess I didn't want to say that on the podcast. Mm. Of, of like, I I did feel like they were like, figure it out yourself. You'll be fine. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's that's not like you said. That's not an issue on the doctor. Yeah. Or on anything like that. I feel like that's just a funding issue, or a it is it's, or a, a lack of a lack of resources issue, which is I guess that's an issue in itself. Completely. To talk about within, you know, for you and the completely. NHS. You can take it within, you can take it within mental health, which is completely underfunded, especially in the proportion of mortality that it causes within the UK. Look at men under the age of 45 leading yeah, yeah, causes yeah. suicide, for example. It's the biggest, um, biggest killer of men under 45, isn't it? Yeah. And, but then look at, but then look at, um, look at A&E in, 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 for example, a hospital that I work at, I'm not going to name it, but we have 20 patients in the corridor. Yeah. We put we put sc- temporary screens around them and see them in literally in the corridor. Really? That, that's not that's not just like all oh, overflow. That's every single day. Oh, I've not really? gone down there and they're not in the corridor. It's Seen completely people. completely out of order. And other hospitals is, is fine, but particularly um, a busy tertiary centre that it is yeah. um, it's just absolutely not acceptable to be taking personal details examining someone whilst they're in the corridor just a small film With someone away from there. the next person yeah. and, and the reason why I say that is because that industry is underfunded emergency because it's non-glamorous and not good for the private industry and mental health will not be good for the private industry yeah. to take off yet no- it feels like Perhaps, if I'm to put a political spin on things, Conservative government that currently are in power are maybe selling off parts of the NHS that are more glamorous to private companies, mm. um, not mental health, not emergency medicine, um, and they will get more. They will get more funding when actually the people that are in need, the people that are in crisis, are the ones that need more help and need more funding. Yeah. And it's not the doctors that aren't referring them; it's that they don't have options. To refer them to yeah, appropriate yeah. care, and and that's why I really really struggle with being a GP. That's it. Well, yeah, I'm so worried about being a GP. I think they're absolute heroes, but at some point in your life, you're going to get sued, not only for the, the you know the really rare cancer that you may may or may not miss, but also just the complete underfunding from the fact that you want to refer that person, but you've but got you no option. You don't feel like you can. Right. You, you may actually have the option in reality, but you don't feel like you can. Yeah, yeah. And you don't feel like you're doing the best by your patients. Like, no. If you felt like you were told <clears throat> to work it out by yourself, that is fundamentally incorrect. Yeah. As a healthcare system. And I can imagine the doc. That's the last thing the doctor wants to tell the patient. They yeah. don't. They don't want to pass that you on. Wanna, do they? And you'll take that home as well. You'll go home and you'll think, why didn't? Why didn't I refer that young gentleman on? I feel like he probably could have done with a bit more help. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And what does does that affect? Does that affect your mental health? Does that affect other doctors mm. as well? Like, do you have you ever felt the sting of that or the sting of like anything like that at all? Um, I, I think purely because of the jobs that I've been on, I've not had um, I've not had someone. I mean, I've had quite a lot of mental health problems, 
but because I've always worked in an acute hospital setting, we always have psychiatry that we can refer yeah, yeah, to yeah. on site. So when you're acutely unwell and you're in hospital, you can see the acute psychiatry so team. Kind of and you can get no, you they're your they get, patient, they get, but they, they can get come and get along. reviewed, right? And you're like, brilliant! I've got, I've got a psychiatrist who's expert in this area, and they give you their analysis of the situation, and that's perfect. Sick. Whereas the problem is, is as as you you've correctly highlighted, is as an outpatient, when you're neither, you, you can't get admitted to hospital because you haven't made, um, you don't need the acute care that a hospital will give. But you still need to be seen, and you don't you know you don't necessarily need to be seen the next hour. Yeah, yeah. But you need to be seen soon, and 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 that's the problem with mental health. I think it's such an urgent problem, mm. but we can't triage it very well. No. And how soon do you need to be seen? It's yeah. Very very difficult. Very difficult. Because most people, I imagine, go well as soon as possible. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But then it's. Yeah, mate. It, it's, Everyone wants to be seen soon. Like you said, it's so Rubbish. non, or it's so like it's not binary at all, is it? There's no, no. there's no. I'm ill. I'm not ill. Side of it, it's, it's so grey. No, you can, yeah. With, with with a physical illness, you can look at the observations and see is you this person diagnose acutely it. unwell. And with a mental health illness, what on earth can you? Mm. There's there's tools out there, so you can use screening tools to to see if they're at, at risk of harming and stuff. Mm. And there's quite good evidence behind them. But obviously, you still need to you need to risk assess. And I'm sure, not myself, but I'm sure there are people out there that have made calls and said, doctors out there that have made calls and said, um, this person's okay to go home, and then they're not okay to go home. Mm. And of course that's happened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mate, it's loose. Mm. Loose. Loose, mate. <laughs> yeah. Um, nice. I think we'll we'll slowly we'll start to wrap it up there. We'll wrap it up, lovely. Yeah, that's all right with you. Mm. Um, nice. So yeah, um, a lot a lot of kind of you know touchy subjects there um, for everyone. I hope everyone's had a bit more of an insight into um, what what it's like for for Aaron being a doctor, um, and and hopefully it's just given given everyone a bit a bit more food for thought on on thinking about how. You know, it's kind of very much the other side. And even myself, like I've known you for years. Um, and I've known you've been a doctor. Or I've known you are now a doctor and stuff. And and I'm probably closer to you now than we ever were in Vass and stuff. Like, you yeah, come yeah. here and you stay here and we go surfing and all that stuff. And mm. and to be honest, actually, even before this conversation and stuff, I've, I've never really thought in my head what it's like on the other side of it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And I've been to the, I've been to the doctor more in the last... 18 months and I've probably ever been in my whole life purely from uh, you know a mental side and all and all that mm. sort of stuff so I mean you know um, going and doing that I guess I, I've never really thought about it from yeah. from from that other side of it um, so it's it's really interesting to do um, finishing it off then I mean we're gonna we're gonna go off this we're gonna go to something a bit lighter I always like to finish it with something a bit light mm. uh, I don't want to call it the lightning round because a guy called Dave Prodan does that on the WSL podcast, which I bloody love. Um, but, you know, a bit of fun. Um, starting off, uh, favourite place you've ever been? Favourite place? If you could go somewhere right now, teleport, go. Um, Where would you be? Probably be Vassaliki, Bass? to be honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, on a good, like a good windy day, flat out back, 
you've not got Arthur out there on a five two. Arthur's doing spocks out back <laughs> on his five two. Uh, yeah. That's your is that 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 is your happy place then, uh, is I th- it? I think so. I think I've had so many like have not not only like on the water but also off the water. Obviously there's better places to be on the water. Yeah. But like in terms of like the memories that the I've had, just like amazing. Vibe. Second one would probably be Papua New Guinea. Some of the surfing that I had there, the only people on the break. It's a good surf there. Oh, amazing, mate. And oh, like, mate. I, it switches off at the end of March and we didn't really know that. But like, you'd be surfing over beautiful coral. Uh, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah, follow. A bit, bit gnarly, but... <laughs> but good. Yeah, really good. You're the only person there. So if you mess oh, up, right. it's your fault, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, Favourite sport? I guess we've just answered it. Favourite sport, Yeah. Surfing, 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 I don't know. Can you choose between them, or you? They do different things, don't they? Yeah, they do. They do. Um, I think like my like windsurfing has just been like the progressions just been stunted. I'm getting quite frustrated. So surfing's much more of like a surfing. Surfing's much more of like an an instant an instant high, isn't it? Because you as soon like for me. I never have a bad surf, and I regularly have bad windsurfs. Yeah, like if you catch a wave, if you catch a wave, you catch a few waves, and you surf, even if they're not like the best waves you've caught, you're yeah, still happy. like, oh, yeah, I caught yeah, a few yeah. waves, it's <laughs> yeah. good. It might be because we're windsurfers first, though. I think, oh, I think it is that. Yeah, I we're think. Like, well, this is an art sport. This I don't. Is sweet, anyway. Yeah, I don't take. I don't take surfing seriously at mm. all. Whereas I take windsurfing yeah, yeah. very seriously. Yeah. So I think that does make a difference. Yeah. So I think I. When I surf, I'm like, oh, I've got a few waves. I'm like, oh, I'm going to wiggle on one. Woo! Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you're like, oh, that was good. Whereas windsurfing, I'm like, if I don't land this, I'm going to yeah. fucking If I don't progress it. the session, yeah. if I don't feel like I, Yeah, if I don't feel like i got better, I'm going to be really fucking annoyed. Yeah, man. yeah. yeah so, it, you know, it's kind of two two sides of the yeah, same I coin, isn't it? Agree. Yeah, Um But that's good. Um, Favourite movie? Favourite? Are you, are you a movie man? Uh, I am a movie man. <clears throat> I love to just... Sit down in the lounge and watch watch a few movies. Yeah, uh, the other guys. The other guys. The other guys. You're a comedy. Aim for the bushes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. When Foo Fighters comes on, mate, and they're yeah. just fucking running. Yeah, the, actually, like just the first part of that movie. The first you part. You can turn it off after. The, like, is it, it, after who, Samuel L. I was going to say it's Samuel L. In it, I knew it was done. The Rock, but I couldn't remember. Samuel who it was. L. and The Rock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, What's well, the they're one? dead for most of it, so I suppose they're dead really. for like all of it, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the What's the one they talk about? Like the difference between a, a tuna and a lion, or something, don't they? Oh yeah, that's quite a long analogy. Like, tuna's like sixty pounds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a breathing apparatus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You put a lion in the middle of the Atlantic; it's fucking dead. <laughs> Completely. Don't quote us on that one. No, don't. That's really wrong. Sorry, Marky Mark. Yeah. Um, imagine if Marky Mark listened to this. Mark Wahlberg, if you listen to this, let's do a podcast. It'd be really fun. Or, or just send us a beer, mate. Or, a or wild yeah, beer you can afford it. Yeah. You can definitely afford it. Buy yeah. me some beers so I can continue doing this podcast. Or no pain, no gain. Too, I'm I'm available. Pain and gain, great movie. Fuck it, got it wrong. Oh my god, no pain, no. That, that could be the name of the sequel. Marky Mark, we got an idea. No pain, no gain. Pain and gain part two. Even though that's a true story, and the, the second part was they all died and. Yeah, that's a true story. Oh uh, yeah, was it? Yeah, I, I think might have missed they're that. just they're just all in jail now. We're not getting a job, are we? No, yeah. lucky you're a doctor, mate. <laughs> lucky yourself employed. Um, yeah, lucky. Yeah, I'm employed by myself. Um, guys, thank you very much for listening. I hope that was good. Um, that was a little bit, you know, a little bit more serious, a little bit different to um, the other episodes. 
Um, but I think I probably say that at the end of every episode. Every episode's different. I like to talk to to everyone from from sort of different walks of life. Um, I'm very lucky in the fact that a lot of these guys did work in Vast with me, so we've all got that kind of thing in common. But everyone's gone on to do really, really different things, and in my opinion, really, really great things. Um, you know, especially especially Aaron. Thank you very much, Aaron, for being on it and for being so candid um, about your you know your experience so far as a doctor. Um, you know, it's been it's been really cool to get a, get an insight into it. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks um, for having us. And I hope you've enjoyed it, um, guys. Thank you very much. Um, hopefully, it won't be as long before the before the next episode. Um, and I will see you then. Cheers. Bye bye.